And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Nina Serrano, for Cover to Cover Open Book, honoring International Women's Month with my guest, Alameda Poet Laureate Mary Rudge. Mary Rudge is not only a poet, but in her role as Poet Laureate, she's a community advocate for poetry, signing all her emails for poetry, always. Mary has just published two new books of poems, one, an anthology of poetry about Alameda called Alameda Island Theme Poems 2004, 2005, 2006, which took three years to collect. The other, for Ireland, is a reprint of an older book with some newer additional poems. Welcome, Mary, to KPFA Cover to Cover Open Book. I'm so happy to be here, Nina. And we're so glad that you are. I wonder if you could um, share some of the poems from both the anthologies with us this afternoon. I was thinking that maybe I would introduce us to the Alameda Anthology, which contains uh, poems, as I said, by 70 poets, by reading an excerpt from the introduction, which I wrote, called Alameda Ways. Alameda Ways. If I go through the tube and make a quick left, I'd be at Minnie Bateman's house on the waters of Marina Village. She was Alameda's story queen, Minnie B, telling tales like how her family and others migrated to California's Alameda on the day that would later be remembered as the big quake of 06, meaning 1906, when her grandparents, coming out west to settle, stepped off the train in Oakland and then ferried further west across to San Francisco. They found the city a charred mess. Immediately, Minnie's grandfather boarded the family back into the ferry to the East Bay. I smile when I pass the turn off where she lived before she died in white-haired glory. But if I continue straight ahead past the copy store, I'll be at Mary Rudge's house. Alameda Poetry Queen of Peace. Alameda Poet Laureate. I make a right and then a left past the school where Jack London studied before the spot became a park. And there is Mary's house with all her flowers. And that's just an excerpt from the introduction of this book, Alameda Island Theme Poems, edited by Mary Rudge. Mary, do you think you could read us some of the poems that you yourself have in the book? I'll be happy to do that. I'm so glad to be among these poets, such as Nanette Bradley Dietz, a Cherokee who performs with her Native American contemporary fusion band Redbird Giving, Peter Lim, a spoken word poet who performs with Tensegrity Nine, 
look for their performances and catch them live and get their CDs. And there are so many other poets, including Tanya Joyce, who paints and writes inspired by Chinese zodiac symbols, whom I mention in my own poem, Chinese East Buffet. Oh, will you read us that? <laughs> yes. Thank you. You and I actually ate at that restaurant. Delicious. <laughs> in Alameda's Chinese East Buffet, earth vein in the marble design tabletop where our teacups sit, in Alameda's Chinese East Buffet on Webster Street, baby clams' angel wing shells open, pink curls of prawns unfurl in our fingers, the silk feel of oysters tempts, eat more. The child plays with spoons. The grandmother sips seaweed soup. Couples clicking chopsticks converse Cantonese, Mandarin. Silk sounds slip through the steam of tea. The young waitress fills our cups again. Her porcelain hands seem veinless. She is far from Taishan and times past, the center of the earth, where emperors and generals before they made history first went to seek a sign from the mountain's gift blessing, drinking the legendary sister's tea, where ten thousand poems or more are carved on stones or written in gold calligraphy. We return to the offerings of sweet buns and dim sum, so many things. Past the window, Webster Street, traffic flows from the tube through the earth, underwater, long snakes of cars. Year of the snake, the dragon, rabbit, tiger, rooster, rat, ram, boar, dog, monkey, ox, horse. I paint the Chinese celestial signs, said Tanya Joyce, artist, poet, calligraphy poems. Thinking this passion for art, I feel my fingertips tingle, vein throb at my throat. It has been too long since I too touched earth with poems on paper holding inherent spirit of tree or written on rock, unfurled the curl of lines that reach heaven, other worlds. Though only eating, breathing the essence of China in Alameda, poetry's rhythm flows through my veins. The caravan of the 51 bus looms outside. People get off thirsting for tea, seeking the flavor of mountain leaves, come to Alameda's Chinese East Buffet, where the young waitress, silk hair smooth, straight, flowing clear to her waist, down her back, comes to greet them. They do not seek in vain. Oh, thank you, Mary. You just heard Mary Rudge reading from the new anthology, Alameda Island theme poems 2004, 2005, and 2006. Uh, can you read us another poem from that anthology? Sure. One of your own, please. It's so great to read about Alameda. You know, people write everything about San Francisco. Little cable cars go halfway to the stars and come to San Francisco, wear flowers in your hair. We've never had another book about another book about Alameda. This is a historic first book of poems about Alameda. This is my poem, Love, still counting, recounting. We came to Alameda at a time no one locked their door. All children, it seemed, had dogs who ran so freely there were fewer laws. 
Houses were antiques arrayed in artists' dreams of colored glass, gym crack artifacts people said were architectural treasures. We spent days barefoot on the beach, saw cliffhanger serials at the Neptune movie house at the end of Webster Street, where after we left, wildlife creatures partied on the popcorn-strewed floor. Squirrels did Tarzan swings outside our windows. Raccoon families sauntered to our door. Herons elegantly paused, poised, posed for photos on our fence whenever they pleased. We came to Alameda from a Texas thick with fireflies. There we walked through forests of stars on our vast lawns summer evenings, rode our horses down unpaved roads, walked ankle-deep through umber leaves in dried creek beds surrounded by huckleberry trees, magnolias, pines, far as the eye could see. So few spread out long low ranch homes, herds of cattle in meadow flower pastures, maize fields, small wild creatures, whippoorwill calls in the evenings. We miss this but learned to love sandcastles, seagulls, close neighbors, artists setting up on sidewalks to paint gardens of hydrangeas iris, views of multi-storied fishtail shingled beveled glass, learned the many cultures coexisting, sharing histories in our daily lives, and like other displaced displaced servicemen's children and wives, watch for ships, what wonders they would bring. Our faces painted on silk from a far country, brushstroke mists of Mount Fuji, return of men we love then. Generations before us, women walked along their upper balconies, watched for masts of salmon fleets, walled into their whalebone corsets. They shopped Webster and Park Streets for gingerbread and silver rings. We see the bay now filled with wind sails. Children build skate parks. Peace has come. Island through the years, how we have loved, still love you. Live here each day with litany of memory and praise. Thank you, Mary. That was Mary Rudge reading from her new collection called Alameda Island Theme Poems. And you're hearing it here on Cover to Cover open book. Mary, upcoming is uh, Irish Week because we have St. Patrick's Day coming and I know you've just also put out a new book which is really an old book called For Ireland which you've reprinted with additional poems and you're going to be doing readings from that too as part of the poetry, the uh, Irish Week celebrations. Do you think you could tell us a little about the book and read us some of the poems from that? Well, my ancestors came from Ireland, but they fled. (laughs) There was a price on their head for being involved in uprisings against the king. They destroyed the family history, so no one, not even I, know their secret history. And I think that was true of many people who came from Ireland. And Ireland does welcome your return. I, I went back. It was a wonderful experience. So some of the poems in this book for Ireland are, are new from that experience. I'll read um, one about the um, people who came here. It's called um, Here is My Picture. And 
the immigrant experience. Yes. Here's a picture of me. Seven years old on the ship. My brother was 14. He was in charge. We were to come to New York. He would work and take care. That is the way we were not to starve. Here's a picture of me, seven years old, on the ship. I do not know how I came to have it. No one we knew had a camera, such luxury. Yet here is my picture, perhaps that person there. We all live close by in a sort of ghetto, the land of plenty. See, they all worked, they cleaned and dug, indentured servants, miners. We came, look at the crowd of us, dressed in rags. Who paid the fare? Here is my brother. He was in charge. He would work and take care. That's really true. You know, people became old, young. Even in Texas, where I was from, you could legally marry when you were 14. I was an old maid. I didn't marry till I was 17. <laughs> I was going to be an artist. <laughs> and um, Do you have another poem from that anthology to share? Well, I'd, I'd like to read uh, one called My Daughters. Your um, face, are so I- you're so Irish. My daughters, your faces are so Irish. The swans on the lake come to them. The lush lakes in which the world's water seeps up, which in no other land is so sweet. Your faces are too Irish to be born in some other land so many centuries away, to be Caroline and Alice instead of Mauve and Tess, Caitlin or Mauverine. Where are your Irish poems from ancestors who flew like geese, where wild longing cries in my arteries under the moon of my sleep? Now brogue unwieldy in our mouths, spared head schools and fields of rock memory, still we, you and I, are the Irish God made for such a history. My feet ache always on those stones. I listen for lost ancient names. I am alive in two countries, and neither is the same, with homelessness in my bones. And for us the candle flames, daughters, lit candle burns, in window across the deer park, in Mary Robinson's white house, flames golden emboldened, Irish with their land's light. Burn through dark night, guide for lost Irish to someday return. Oh, that's a beautiful poem, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I'd, I'd like to read one not quite so beautiful, but I dedicate it to the women's history in which, well, men are entitled to have many kinds of marriages. In ancient Ireland, there were six types of marriage. A man was entitled to in Muslim countries. Men are entitled to four wives. In this country, Matt Romney, who would like to be president's great-grandfathers, had 12 wives each, simultaneous as Mormons, although Romney's wife points out that he's the only one of the GOP presidential hopefuls who has only one wife. As a Catholic, when my husband left, I thought it was going to be a terrible disaster because we had seven children. And I didn't know it was going to enable me to find myself as an artist and a poet. Would you repeat that sentence again, Mary? <laughs> I think there must be so many uh, young women 
uh, who find themselves probably not with seven children, but <laughs> alone with children, and I think and uh, and That's grieving true. their fates as having been abandoned, uh, that need to hear that sentence again. That it ena- how it enabled well, you. Well, I I empowered myself. I've I. I, I think it's a wonderful thing to sustain life in each other and to have so, a companion all your life. That's really a wonderful goal. That that was my goal. That didn't happen to me, though. I uh, My husband left. I was pregnant with our seventh child, and I thought, oh, this is the end of the world. But had I gone on in this marriage supporting someone else loving them not thinking of myself as much as i was then free to do i would not have been a poet in the way that i am now now i've traveled on five continents as a poet i couldn't have done that before so this is the abandoned wife who is impelled into chastity because she's catholic and she sees herself as a nun so am I a nun, little nun, crazy nun, sent to the convent, for not for wild things done, but some man's self-convenience. I'm not Guinevere, or a naughty child, or a nun by choice. Better, Paul said, to marry than burn. Shall I be charred now from the inside out, go up in flames of a passionate rage, in mercy's cage? Oh, the brides of Christ are vast enough with chastity. I can meet them here, sweet Catholic, far as the eye can see. Then a rebellious one's only stomp and belly dance through the halls like me. St. Teresa holds blessing time each day for flamenco and for tambourine. We have to express joy of life some way when we ask, What's next? And they look at the text and say, That is the end of sex. Were I born not in church law land, but in Africa's wild and verdant dream, best to be Kahina, the Berber queen, with four hundred potent men in her harem, kept for her normal passion and whim, then married by God with a brush in my hand to illuminate letters and colors of flame all the rest of my life, locked here only with sterile fame, who can never take another wife since Anonymous gave him her own true name. Had I real free will of culture and time, why not have been born to be loved forever with a world's wonder of Taj Mahal built in my name by someone's devotion, which daily worked a thousand men moving white stone to immortalize me, not for a pitiful case who spent living years of wishing me dead and him free. Where were those men who knew how to love? The love God said flowed bountifully. They're not in these walls, down these halls, in this empty room they can never see. Where on the table bright colors are spread. And I'm no bride, I'm only scribe, author of some strange destiny chosen by God, neither bound nor free. Not wife, nor love, but illumine alone this strangest of nunnery to lift the brush and try again how beautiful the poem can be who alone can believe. Oh, thank you, Mary. (laughs) Well, it's fun. You know, this poem, it's really about sainthood, which is our spiritual journey. When I visited Ireland, I thought it must be easier to be a saint here the ambience for it is so wonderful 
the green you want to praise, the constant rainbows, the people, the music, the sights where saints lived. There's even a sidewalk in front of a church where someone died who had been an alcoholic. And when they opened his shirt, they found chain scars and chains. Because when his addiction tried to take over, he would tighten his chain to keep from uh, reminding himself that if he drank, he'd be a slave, a slave to alcohol. And, you know, my daughter Caroline died suddenly of cancer in November. But she had been alcoholic and had already gone through purgatory and hell before she found retreats at Blue Cloud Abbey in South Dakota and found Benedictine nuns who prayed for her. There are many programs in South Dakota because there's a large Native American population and many tribal people are born without the gene that defends them from alcohol. And people in Russia, Iceland, Ireland, and even here have addiction problems. But I began writing poems about Ireland in 1981 when Bobby Sands died on a hunger strike. And so my whole book is for peace and freedom so that Ireland can be its own country. St. Patrick became my patron saint. Um, At the time he lived, one quarter of the world's population were slaves. He had been a slave, captured when he was, uh, before he was 16 years old and sold. And he went to Ireland to rid Ireland of slavers. This was after he got free. He became um, um, a priest and he decided this is what he would do. And the Irish speak in code and metaphor, and they say snakes, but we all know he went to rid Ireland of the evils of slavery. And I, I really admire that. So um, this is about us, another saint. Um, well, a person that they're proposing to be a saint. Uh, his name was Matt Talbot. This is the one with the chains? Yes, and this is Lines for a Sidewalk where... Uh, Lines for a sidewalk sanctified where Matt Talbot died. Is that okay? That's wonderful. Please do. Okay. On this ordinary place where anyone can walk, sanctified by pain and faith in the path of holy, you, Matt Talbot of the sidewalk, can lead us. The chain scars wrapping your body showed how you bounded against cravings, bounded to yourself and God and the rosary a link of prayer beads on a chain these were the strengths you could claim you pit your slight self with the power of prayer strength of spirit against the centuries of what medicine science sociology psychology could claim about addiction and that the body craves and craves again against its will for the love of God and your own sake and the poor mother so hard pressed to find food out of thin air to feed you when all you had belonged to drink all you earned from hard labor was given you pawned vest and coat and boots pledged away of next week's wage for a now swallow desperate, captive unable to think free needing to drink for her sake and your salvation you wrapped yourself in chains drug them on your body through life vowing to never be any other prisoner but that of love of God accept the body God's perfect gift to return to God wrapped as a gift 
falling in your chains on the sidewalk? Were you bead on the Holy Mother's rosary, she who will pray for sinners? This is your legacy to all us little people who are so human. Lifetime of hard labor, lifetime of little schooling, lifetime of innocent wonder at love's praises that and beyond lifetime that other holy mother who clasped you to her by chain of rosary pulled you into heaven and free oh thank you so much mary rudge for reading us your poems from your new collection which is a reprint of your old collection with new poems added called For Ireland, and I know that you're going to be part of the celebration uh, that's coming up between March 18th and 17th called Crossroads Irish American Festival that's sponsored by New College of California and the San Francisco Library. Could you tell us something about your participation in that? I'm going to be reading with Jennifer Stone, who's, uh, who also has a program at KPFA, and with Michael Kelly, who, well, he should be the poet laureate of San Leandro, maybe. He's a wonderful poet. And um, I hope people will come to these events during Irish Week in San Francisco to learn more, you know, about St. Patrick. I'm reading a book about St. Patrick for Lent. And that people will especially come to this poetry reading at Books Incorporated uh, that I will be doing with Michael Kelly and Jennifer Stone March 11th, 7 p.m. at Opera Plaza on Van Ness in San Francisco, as well as an Irish reading with an open reading that I will be a part of at the Alameda Free Library that's on our, uh, Oak, it's a new library on Oak and um, Lincoln Street in Alameda. I'll be reading with Kay Smokey Cormier, who lived in Ireland when she was eight years old. And that will be next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Thank you for letting me say all of this great stuff. (laughs) Well, it's wonderful to have you, and it's wonderful to think that people have the opportunity to uh, hear more of your poetry. So thank you very much, Mary, for being here on Cover to Cover, Open Book. Thank you. Thank you for poetry always, Nina. You could join Mary Rudge and myself live at the Lakeview Public Library in Oakland for a reading and poetry writing workshop where you get to write some poems on Monday, June 4th at 6.30. We have to end promptly at 7.45 p.m. But I think that you're going to be happily surprised at how much creative and productive work you can do on a piece of paper in just that much time in a supportive and inspiring environment. That's going to be Monday night, June 4th. Check the KPFA website for more details about the link for this. And if you enjoyed this program and want to hear any part of it again to share with your friends, you can do it at www.kpfa at any time and click on Open Book. Listening This is Nina Serrano wishing you a very pleasant afternoon and thanks to Erica Bridgman for engineering and Mary Rudge for her participation.
Jazz and Latin music have a long history of interaction and mutual influence. They are two branches of the same tree as Dizzy Gillespie and Mario Bassa taught us. Every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. on KPFA, join me, Art Sato, for the program In Your Ear as we explore the musical treasures from both of these worlds. From Ellington to Itaquiri of Cuba, from Coltrane to Palmieri, you'll find them all here on Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. on listener-sponsored radio, KPFA 94.1 FM.